0: Lock Talk Radio.
1: Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, this is The Bright Side with Technetia. A
0: daily broadcast on real life issues that will keep you motivated. And now, here's your host, Technetia. Good afternoon, everyone. Today is October sixth, two 2014, and welcome to another episode of the Bright Side with Technicia. And I'm your host, technician and I'm glad to be back with you. I missed you so much. It's so hard when your computer goes down. You feel like everything has really just shut off. It's the end of the world, right? Can we really live without electronics? No. But anyhow, can we really live without this special guest that I have on that every one of us probably needs. You know some of you probably not doing life insurance out here, probably got some bad investments that you went into, and uh, kind of was your fault like when you bought that first car, my fault. But here with me to help you through through all those financial struggles, I guess I would say like that, It's Mr. E. Selfie Taylor. He is the founder and president of Taylor Insurance and Financial Services, and he has been in this business for some time now, and he – Some of his career highlights include maybe one of the top 25 ages in the country and New York life, and so on and so on. But I'm going to let him introduce himself more. Do call in at 347-426-3751. The chat box will also be open up for you. Mr. Taylor, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I am doing wonderful. I'm glad to have you on because this is a situation that most of us struggle with, especially when it comes to getting a financial planner. We actually don't know the which way to go or how about to go doing that. But actually, because you came up with this Taylor method, what does the Taylor method entail? So the Taylor method is really a, a practice management tool to
1: help financial advisors serve their clients in a, in a, in a better manner than they currently do. It's, uh, it's interesting. I, I think the general consumer is not aware of these statistics, but over 77% of advisors who get into the business don't make it past six months. And over 88% of those advisors don't make it past three years in the business. So it's no wonder that the general consumer has issues planning for the future and creating sound insurance and investment strategies because a lot of times the advisors who are, who are supposed to be guiding you or Taylor oh, wow. method basically outline this, 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 this means of working efficiently with your clients simply by asking questions and building plans based on your client's needs, their risk tolerance, and their time horizon rather than just selling product, right? Because many people lead with product, buy this, put your money here, do this, without any consideration to the, what the client really needs and, and,
0: and really solving their problem. So
1: that's, that's what prompted me to create the Taylor method.
0: Now you said most of them don't make it within six months. Why don't they make it in this business?
1: Uh, it, it's a tough business, you know. Uh, it, it's uh, yeah. It's a business typically that's that's commission based, right? So you're not getting a base salary, and, and and so oftentimes in the beginning it's tough, right, to build a book of business. And even if you have a uh, people that you know and 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 that like you, oftentimes people don't want to be your guinea pig, right? So if your nephew just got into the business said, Hey, Auntie, I I want you to l- let me manage all of your money. You might say, I love you, but I'm not <laughs> I'm not gonna give you all my money, right? So that's that's right. the biggest challenge. I, I wouldn't even say that the people don't make it because they're not intelligent or they don't even understand the value proposition. It's just, you know, getting enough people to sit down with and share share your story and, and, and actually get them to trust you enough to do business is, is probably the biggest challenge.
0: It, it, it must be, but see, when I think of a financial planner, I'm thinking of building a relationship just the same way as I'm in customer service, myself, waitressing. I'm building a relationship with the customer, and that's mainly what we want. When we talk to you, it's all about us. We want to yeah. feel like you understand us, and I think that's how you probably have been so successful because you've been through This is your own story. I think in order for you to actually do it, you have to go through it.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, I, I, that's a good point. I mean, I've been in the business over 15 years. I started in business at 22 years old and, 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 and I don't wow. know anything else. Right. I tell people all the time, don't ask me about fine dining or politics or world travel. I don't know, but ask me anything you want about insurance and investments. I know a lot about a little bit. Right. And this is, <laughs> this is the space that I, uh, that I choose to spend my time working in. So it's, uh, so yeah, it's great. But yeah, to your point, it's certainly about building relationships. And I think when people feel like, okay, I, I believe you have my best interest at heart, I believe your right. your 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 objectives are aligned with mine, then you can actually start doing something. Because if I come to the table and say, hey, buy this, put this here, and I haven't made any, you know, any attempt to build a relationship with you and identify your needs, I don't, again, I don't think you're really going to do it, right? You're
0: not going to feel comfortable. Right. Right, exactly. The same, vice versa, the same way in my situation, if I give you a, uh uh uh. So when you ask me about something, then you're kind of like, well, I don't know if I want that product now or if I want right. to even be serviced by you. So you have to right. be convinced. But I think it comes out so naturally when you actually go when you have been through that. So what does one really get with your financial services?
1: So I like to say we take a macro perspective when serving our clients, and what that basically means is rather than just looking at one singular need or product. We're looking at everything, right. right? We're looking at your life insurance, your long-term care, your disability insurance, your retirement plans, your estate planning, your tax planning. It's everything, right? I'd be remiss to think that people haven't done something, right? But, But generally speaking, no matter how successful someone is, there's something that's yet to be done, right? And so I always lead with I never want to undo good work that someone's done, right? If there are ten things you need to do to be financially secure and you've effectively done seven, I'm not going to change those things. I'm actually going to affirm those things. I'm only going to focus on those three areas of vulnerability. And that's that's how my practice is built. I mean, the term financial advisor, quite frankly, is used very I meet I meet uh, investment advisors who call themselves financial advisors. They do nothing but, but trade, stock, bonds, and mutual funds. Or I've even met guys in the mortgage business who who do mortgages and financing that call themselves financial advisors, but they're really only focused on on financing that that piece of property. So, I, again, for me, it's like I'm looking at everything, and that's what I think separates us from from our counterparts. Is that I'm not I don't have a singular focus, or 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 saying, hey, if it's not life insurance, I can't help you. If it's not an investment, I can't help you. I'm right. looking
0: at I'm looking at everything. And this is a great investment investment, especially for our African American community because most of the time we find a lot of them on the wrong side of the fence and it's hard really when you don't have the funds to put out for life insurance. I, I do know that for a fact. It it, it gets frustrating. So, Iself, e. what brought you into the business?
1: Uh, interesting. So I came into the business, um, like I said, I graduated college, uh and uh had some very high aspirations. I, I personally wanted to become a millionaire by the time I was 25.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. So I gave
1: myself <laughs> I, I gave myself three three years. I thought that was reasonable, right? But uh, it, it I really fell into the business by chance. You know, again, you hear the term financial advisor used so loosely. I Came into it. And I I didn't really know what I was getting myself into, quite honestly, until I was in it. But what what a blessing to be in a career where I can actually make money helping people. Ooh, yeah. right? So every time I make a dollar that means I've 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 added some protection to a family or I've helped someone, you know, save money for retirement or minimize their tax liability. So it's a win win situation and and that's why, you know, I've I've I, I truthfully I, I thought that this career was a means to another end. I said, Hey, maybe I can make some money and ha and, 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 and but it's meant so much more. The impact that it's had on my family's life and my clients' life has been immeasurable.
0: I know it has because it's trustworthy, and God see that you're doing you're doing good for the better man out there, and that's a good thing. We love that. What really sets you apart from other financial advisors?
1: Um, what sets me apart again? I think again is that ability to take a macro perspective and not look at things you know only one product or service.
0: Right. <laughs> I, whether it's
1: whether it's 6 a.m. dealing with clients. I'm in, in, in Los Angeles dealing with clients on the on the East Coast. You know, having to meet on nights or weekends. Um, I, I'm you're yeah, right. You up the and they sleeping. I, I, yeah, I I I am I am not going to fail, nor will I let my clients fail from a lack of effort. Right, and that you know that that's that. That's what I hang my hat on at the end of the day. I've been blessed enough to be uh, what's called a top-of-the-table producer. There's an industry designation uh, called Million Dollar Roundtable. Top-of-the-table is the top 1% of advisors worldwide, and I've been blessed enough to to achieve that distinction. So – you know, th- th- when you talk about top financial advisors in the country, you're you're looking at maybe the you know half of one percent of the industry. Then you talk about top financial advisors who are under 40. That's going to shrink to a few hundred. And then you talk about top top financial advisors under 40 who are African American. There's really <laughs> I I I, I say it might only be me, right? So so my my the value proposition is there's really no one in the country that does what I do, at my age that that looks like us, and and that's that's you know, in that respect, you know, I I'm in a, a stand
0: alone. Right, and I think we probably even sets you apart, they are unre- unrelatable, most of these other people. You're you're wearing the 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 comfortable clothing while they're wearing all their business suits. You're relating to these people on the level that they need to be related to. You're you're speaking their language. Some people want to speak this high vocabulary and people are like what? And you just got my money. I don't understand, so where now we stand, you don't hear nothing from them. So I think that definitely sets you apart from all of them. Now, E-Selfie, we all have this big problem, most of us. Um, Thank God I don't, but I do have loans and stuff. But when it comes to credit card issues, we have some of us getting so much debt. Give advice on ways for consumers to really control their credit card. Sure.
1: So... Um, typically people have one of two mindsets when it comes to credit card debt. They either think, oh, I've got a credit card, I have free money, right, when in actuality you don't because you have to pay that back, or people are so afraid of credit cards that they say, well, I'm never going to get a credit card, I'm never going to use it, in which case that's also bad because you actually need to establish credit, right, because to buy things like a home or a car, financiers are going to want to make sure that you've shown the ability to pay your bills on time. So when it comes to debt elimination, um, couple things to look at. Uh, one, I want to look at what type of debt do I have, right? So for example, take a good debt like mortgage debt. Right now, you know, mortgage rates are still at all-time relative lows, right? So if I can borrow at 3 or 4% and deduct all of the interest associated with borrowing at that rate, uh, you know, that's a pretty good debt, right? Because I'm, I'm getting to borrow at really less than a 2% net cost. So I can borrow at a pretty low rate versus bad debt like credit card debt. If I have a credit card and my APR is 20%, 25%, that's bad. So when you look at, well, should I invest my money or should I focus on eliminating my debt, we want to look at number one, is this debt tax-deductible or not? Is the interest associated with this debt tax-deductible or not? And what is the mm-hmm. interest rate associated with this debt, right? So okay. if someone told me, should I invest in a mutual fund or pay off my credit card, I would say, let's pay off that credit card first or at least do a combination okay. of the two, because that credit card, if your credit card's at 20% and you're making 7 8% in the market, it's better to pay off that, that credit card debt first, right? So the first thing that people have to do when you get your check, pay yourself first. Take your money, put it away for yourself. We want to make sure you have ample savings, and work on eliminating debt, because it's easy to buy cars and shoes and clothes and nice dinners and things, but at the end of the day, if you do all that stuff first, and then a guy like me comes along and says, "Hey, let's let's talk about your investments and debt elimination strategy." You say, "Well, I don't have any money left." I, my contention is, you work for free. When you get your paycheck, and wow. you pay your cell phone bill and and go out to dinner and buy some shoes, and there's nothing there for you. You work for free, right? And, and there's oh, three again. things that work in life. Yes. Yeah. No. 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 There's there's three things that work in life, right? We have people at work, money at work, and other people's money at work. You want your money working right. for
0: you? I feel that I. Feel that pressure every time I look at my paycheck because business really been slow. And you speaking the truth because even the Bible says that you pay yourself first. And and it sounds so weird for to me. It sounded so weird when I first heard that because I'm like, huh? Because I know that when I get my paycheck, <laughs> it's going right to the bills, and that's not the way it's supposed to be. You suppo- you are supposed to take your money and put it to the side. And it looks like E to be honest, I have dug in my savings account just to keep up my bills because that's how business It been so slow. It looks like soon as I try to get done with my bills, I'm taking this paycheck to pay bills that were already due the sure. week before. And that and sure. it gets me frustrated to the point where I just want to really find me another suitable job because I have 20 sure. girls to twin girls to support you know at eight they're not thinking about nothing they don't understand the struggle mama going through i even told them yesterday about my struggle and blessed little heart they just laughed and i said lord they just they just don't understand what they don't understand the burden mama has to go through right now yep
1: i feel i feel you i i have i have three daughters myself my oldest is seven and i have twin twin girls too that are five and yeah, the, the the next thing that they're they're the only thing they're worried about is the next time they can go to the park and get a snack. So right, I get it, I get it, and and the onus falls on us as parents, you know. But but here's here's the thing, right? if, yes. you, if you want your income to exceed your expenses. If your income yes, does not exceed your expenses, you're 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 just you know you're 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 going to be spitting your wheels, right? So you can yes. do one of two things. You can say, hey, yes, I need to put myself in a position where I can make more money. Or yes. ideally, in a combination of the two, try to minimize your expenses, right? And so it, it, it's it's a tough you know it's a tough proposition, but we have to look to do that, you know. And 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 so it's it, it takes discipline, but but okay. yeah, we have to look to do that.
0: So what do I do, itself? Because really I don't I don't go out and buy anything. If I do go out and do anything, it it will mainly be for my girls uh, or for these school projects that they keep coming with me back to right. back. Um, so the, the, how do the, the, I do that? Should I try the first, to at
1: least Yeah, the first thing I would tell people to do is actually create a budget. It's okay. interesting. Every time I go through a budget with clients and I look at their income, say, what's your income and what are your expenses? They are amazed at the amount of discretionary income they have. And discretionary income is basically defined as the difference between your income and your expenses. What's left is your discretionary income. They're amazed at it because here's the thing. If you aim at nothing, you will hit it with amazing accuracy. If you don't okay. create an action plan, right, and say, okay, these dollars are going into the savings account, these dollars are going for my retirement, these dollars are going towards my insurance, and you just let life be, there's always going to be some expense or some, you know, some calamity or some opportunity that comes up that's going to draw that money out. So you have to think about it because really put yourself, I don't care what position you're in, think about it this way. If I told you every day, You've got to buy me a cup of coffee and a muffin, right? I'm going to take five bucks from you. you got to buy me a cup of coffee and a muffin every day. Would your standard of living change? Would your life suffer? Probably, it probably not, would. Right? right? Well, oh, think about okay. it. Five bucks. Five bucks. If I wouldn't, it's 100 bucks, right? Now, it's a money. Okay. But my point is, is, and even if it would change something, here's the trade off. If you did that okay. throughout your working years and I said, hey, yeah. in retirement, you average 8% of your money, here's, here's an extra half a million dollars for you in retirement, would that help
0: you? Oh, yes.
1: Yeah, it would, right? Yeah, and, and it would. Yes, point. it would. A smaller a smaller short-term sacrifice over a long period of time can yield a monumental benefit for you down the road, right? So if I told you today, yes. give me a half a million dollars, oh, that's done, give me five bucks. You can come up with it, right? Right? And yes. that's, I guess, my point. It's, it's it's a little bit done over long periods of time that that, that creates that value, right? Because – because the best advantage we have as consumers in investing for our future is investing regularly over long periods of time and that's what we want to do. And and every time we think, Oh, I've got I'll do it next year, I'll do it five years, I'm young, well before you know it, you'll be forty, fifty, sixty years old knocking on the on the on the doorstep of
0: retirement with, 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 with no money. Right, and that's not how I wanna live. I even had one gentleman at my job say, I don't understand you because usually it'd be foreign, and it's always I have partners who I encountered this with. I don't understand you Americans. You work so hard. And I'm like, yeah. He said, but you, some of are my age and they're still working. I'm like, yeah. I hope to, when I get to your age, I'm not working. That's why I, I want to start off with my girls white. Right? I didn't get those things from my mother. She did the best that she could. She raised me. She got me to college. And I love her for that. But I want to do better for my daughters. I want them to know, save your money. Don't spend it all up at one time, and if I have to get you classes on how to do that, then I will. I I just want to make that step for them, make the right change for them, be better than what I am. I went off to school. I didn't get my job in the news reporting field. I'm still striving for that. I I, got to pay student loans, but I don't want you to go through that. I don't want you to have to be 56 by the time your student loans are paid off. That's how long it's going to be for me. It, so that's the only way for me to make that change i want to start with them now because it might it's not too late for me but for me to understand all of it yeah but for them it's a great start for them to start learning right now and that's that's, that's why i'm glad i'm talking to someone like you he's selfish so maybe what i can i can sit down with my daughters and you or whoever and explain all that to them yeah no it's it's, it's powerful i mean and and
1: that's why sometimes I always look at everything, every lesson that we go everything we go through out in life is a lesson, right? And even things that right. are tumultuous or that are struggles, there's a value in it because, yeah, you know what? Some opportunities in your life may have passed, right? But you still have time. Yes. You're still alive, right? And more importantly, Die. now you have you can now take these lessons and things that you learned and you can impart them to your children. I think for me, right, right. I want my daughters to be better than me. I want them to have exactly. more experience more than I, as my parents did for me. And it's, it's an interesting thing. In my seminar talks, I'll ask people, I'll say, can anyone in the room tell me who your great-grandfather is, right? And and oftentimes, yeah. I say less than 10% of the room, If sometimes nobody can raise their hand and tell me what their, what their great-grandfather's name was. You want to know why that is? It's because we they the won't left anything. Anything. <laughs> oh. Right? If your if your last name was Kennedy or Rockefeller, you know who your great grandfather yeah. was because you left the legacy. <laughs> oh, right? Right. right. And, and and so so that's the thing for us. And that's that's the nice thing what I love about at least the life insurance piece, is it allows us to create an instant legacy, right? How can I turn a okay. hundred dollars into a million dollars overnight with life insurance? And here's the interesting thing, right? It's the only insurance product that you will ever buy that I guarantee you will use. Right, because none of us are getting out of here alive. So if I say, geez, unfortunately I haven't had the opportunity in my working career to create millions of dollars for my family, well, I can create it with life insurance.
0: Right. right. And, so, and, and,
1: and so and so now I have that legacy for my girls coming behind me. You know what? They're still going to have to do the work. They're still going to have to get education, but the money will be there for them to pull it off, for them
0: to take it to the next level. And, 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 right. and
1: you know, the the rest is up to them.
0: Now that I do have, but you know that's the biggest problem for most single um parents out here now' out for what's the average life insurance policy for women?
1: So a simple rule of thumb to determine how much life insurance should I have and what type of life insurance should I have is twofold Why? number one your 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 the amount of life insurance you have should be about twenty times your income. Right, so if you so if you make a hundred thousand dollars a year, you should have two million dollars of life insurance. You might say, Well, geez, that's a, how how did you come to that number? Here's how I come to that number. If I make a hundred thousand dollars a year and I have two million dollars of life insurance, if I die, and 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 I give my family that two million dollars and they can reasonably earn a rate of return of five percent, five percent return on two million dollars, one hundred thousand dollars a year of interest. Thus, allowing me to replace my income to my family in perpetuity, forever. So that two million dollars at two million dollars at five percent creates a hundred thousand dollars a year of income. The things I would have otherwise provided to my family then will be there. Because think about it: if okay. I make a hundred thousand dollars a year and I only have five hundred thousand dollars of life insurance, I've only left five years worth of my income to my family. And if okay. I've got a seven-year-old and twins that are five, in five years they'll be twelve and ten. Then what? Right, exactly. so that's the thing. Most times, people are underinsured, and then determining, well, should I have like a whole life or a, or a term type plan? that's oh, yeah. That depends again on on your on your objectives, and most importantly, your income and discretionary income. So right. at, at a bare minimum, everyone should have at least a term policy, right? So if something happens, those are relatively inexpensive. If something happens, there's money there, but you know, depending on your situation and your need, then you might find value in a permanent policy that not only provides the death benefit, but that also provides an accumulation aspect. So those are things right. that we get into with our clients when we sit down to see the prude, most you know, prudent type of, of, of contract for them to purchase.
0: Okay, because I did have term life insurance with Globe Life. But mm-hmm. the only thing that was bothering me, well, for one, I do have a pre-existing condition. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and see, they don't like to go up. And then when they do, they want to do all the health tests. And they're not supposed to, right. I, I think they're not supposed to be doing that anymore. But then they want to increase every so many years. They want to increase. I'm like, Oh my God. Cause my husband's yeah. older than me. He's 54 and I'm 31. I'm like, Oh my, I can't afford this. So I had to go back to whole life. Cause I'm like, Oh, term life does seem better. Cause I do want more for my children. I think right, right now my daughters are at 50,000. I'm like at 15,000, but I should have more, but. I can't you know I want somebody to be able to work with me out without judging me you know thinking of me as a defect I'll,
1: I'll I'll tell I'll tell you this there's there's a there's the right coverage out there the right policy for everybody and not every okay. carrier looks at all preexisting conditions and ailments the same. So that's why you want to work with a good insurance broker who can shop your your needs out, right? So okay. one carrier might rate your case or charge you a high premium, while another one might say, you know what, we don't look at that situation as unfavorably. We'll give you a, this offer, right? And so yeah. um, that, that that's, the way, that's the way we look at it. So, again, I never okay. make absolute statements, but, one policy isn't right for all people in all circumstances, right? You have right. to look at people's individual needs and their budgets,
0: and and then go from there. But that, and that's that okay. See, that'd be good because you know I have my daughters on one that I pay for, and then I have my husband on, my husband now on another one. See, kind of like we all separated because of our situation. It's like that's that's sure. so ridiculous, but I just I'm thankful that I do have something on us, but I would like a better plan. And it's a shame sure. that I have to be single out. Yeah, so I'm glad you told me that. I might just need to probably just actually shop around because it's not yep. fair that I have to be single out. I didn't ask for anything, yep. but I'm, yep. I'm singled out. That's how I am. Yep, yep. But, but um, why would a single working woman need life insurance?
1: Well, think about it, right? Single working woman. So you're the primary breadwinner. You take care of your home. You okay. don't come home. Yes. This is a question you have to ask yourself. Anyone, right? Is you say, do I need this coverage or not? If you don't come home tomorrow, what happens to your family?
0: Well, they'll be left without anything. They might be left with right. your debt too. Right. Okay. And
1: and that's why you need the life insurance. So you need the. I can never replace someone as a mother or a father or a husband or a wife. I can't. You're 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 invaluable in that respect. But what I can do is make sure that the income or the, the dollars you would have otherwise provided if you were here is here to make sure your family's taken care of.
0: Right. Now each of it, let the women know who are stay at home moms, do they have an option as well?
1: Exactly. Even stay at home mothers they estimate the, the, the annual income of a stay-at-home mom or the value of a stay-at-home mom to be the, the equivalent of about $50,000 a year. Because a lot of stay-at-home mothers or husbands that I'm talking to so well, my wife stays at home. Does she need life insurance? Yes, think about it. If she's getting the kids ready for school, you know, clean, taking care of the house, paying the bills, running errands, you know, making dinner, you know, coordinating events, how much money would you have to pay someone to do all that? Right. A so, bit. so yeah. Look at look, look at look at my situation. My wife is a stay-at-home mother, right? But if right. I had to do all those things, I couldn't go out and work and generate income. So I'd have to do exactly. one of two things. I'd either have to stay home and do it myself, in which case I'd like I'd make less money, or I'd have to pay someone to do it. So my wife has over a million dollars of coverage on, on on her life, right? So if something happens to her, I want to make sure again using this five percent assumption. A million dollars, earning 5% return, gives me $50,000 a year of interest, pay a nanny to pay a housekeeper, right, to to pay an event coordinator to do all the other things she did. I can never replace her as a mother, but at least in, in that respect, my kids don't lose, you know, two parents, right? They don't lose a one parent exactly. to death
0: and another because oh. I have
1: to work twice as hard to replace her.
0: Right. I, do. I got you on that. I'm right here with you, Jeff. So how do they go about signing up?
1: So we are we are accessible. Like I said, you know, I'm based out of California, but I'm licensed in over 27 states. You can always reach us in the office at area code 626, 7637 Again, that's area code six two six, three five six seven six three seven in the office. You can also look us up on the web at Taylor, I N S F I N dot com. Again, that's Taylor, I N S F i n dot com so that's Taylor, i n s for insurance, f i n for financial dot com Taylor i n s f i n dot com all of our consultations with the people that call into us or or need to meet with us are are free of charge and and no obligation you know based on being a guest on your show that's something we'll offer up. And, and I, we're going to do two things. Give you the information to make educated decisions, and we're never going to undo good work that you've done. And then what you do with the information we provide to you thereafter
0: is up to you. Right. You know what I do? I, I like your name. It's just so... Because it's simple, eSelfie. But this is what I would like for everyone to do. We're going to take a short commercial break, and we're going to come back with eSelfie. Selfie, talk about the money mistakes you cannot afford to probably make and what you should be looking for when you retire. So don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after this. There's only one station that will keep you happy, Block Talk Radio. We're taking
1: more of your calls at 347-426-3751. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this commercial break.
0: When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I want to be a glass countertop in a new home. When I grow up... I want to be a kid's best birthday present. When I grow up, I want to be a football stadium. When I grow up, I want to be a warm place on a cold day. When I grow up, I want to be a fancy bicycle. I grow up, I want to be a bike that races around the country. When I grow up, I want to be a bench on a four trail. I want to be a rocking chair on a sunny porch. I want to be a skyscraper. I want to be a. I want to be Oh, I want to be a I want to I want to be a When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be.
1: Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. A public service advertisement brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council.
0: Today might be the day I drop out of school, but you might be able to stop me. With United Way, you could tutor me, be my mentor or volunteer to just read with me. There are tons of ways people like you can help kids like me stay in school. Make me a success, not a statistic. Take the pledge to volunteer now at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. All right, we're back with Mr. E. Selfie Taylor, who is a financial planner, who is giving us all the great tips of what you're actually doing wrong in your life as far as to go with credit debt and how to actually get yourself started with life insurance, which a lot of us mostly have problems with. Now, yourself, what are some money mistakes one can't afford to make?
1: I'm
0: sorry, I, I, I didn't catch that full question. Oh, oh, that's all right. I was asking, what are some money mistakes one can't afford to make? Uh,
1: well, number one, like we alluded to earlier, we can't afford to spend
0: more than, than we make, right? That's
1: that's number one. So the, the number one thing I'd say is we want to outline a budget, right? Identify what do I have coming in, what are my expenses and then plan accordingly. Um generally you should look to put your money in three buckets, right? You should say you should have a, a short term savings account which should consist of three to six months of your expenses. You should have that safe right, so, so, I have a short term account, that's something on hand, liquid cash that I can get to if an emergency opportunity comes up. Then you should have a moderate length time you know bucket, maybe one to five years. That's for things like the purchase of a new home, Maybe you have a child going to school in the next you know you know one to ten years, that money's there, and then the last bucket is your retirement bucket, right long term savings, your i r a s pension plans you know, these things of that sort. Um, and, 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 again, the the best thing that we have going for us as consumers is the time. I'm gonna, And I'm going to give you a quick illustration of that. Okay. You're no longer going to be a radio, uh, radio host, okay? You're going to come work for me, okay? And I'm a diplomatic yeah. boss, so I'm going to allow you to choose the way that you get paid. I'm going to give you one or two payment options. Option number one, I will pay you $1,000 a day for 30 days. Option number two, I will pay you one penny the first day and I will double, I will compound that penny each subsequent day for the same 30 days. Which of those two payment options do you want? Do you want $1,000 a day or a penny the first day doubled each subsequent day? Which one do you want?
0: Oh, the $1,000 a day seems reasonable, but somehow I figure that penny double up would probably benefit me better.
1: <laughs> right. So let's go through the math, right? thousand dollars a day for thirty days, thirty thousand dollars, right? Seems like a That's good of work, right? Right? But taking that yeah. penny the first day and compounding it, doubling it, each subsequent day, for that same thirty day period of time, million dollars. Okay. Now I like to share that illustration for a couple of reasons. Number one, right, just it's it's a tremendous depiction of the the power of compounding interest in time, right? because take that penny the first day penny becomes 2 pennies becomes 4 becomes 8 becomes 16 and then you throw your hands and go well I'll take the thousand but but as time goes on think about it 500 gets to a thousand gets to 2000 4000 8000 16000 and so forth and so it's a tremendous effect now if I cut that growth time from 30 days to 20 days or 20 days to 15 days that penny is not nearly as attractive as it and it's the same no. thing that happens in our lives if we wait and say, okay, I'm 25 years old. I'll wait until I'm 30, or I'm 40, or I'm 45, or I'm 50. It's not so much that it doesn't matter. Again, how much money I set aside per se.
0: It's how long is it working and compounding for me? Well, okay, I got you. That makes that makes sense. And and it does because you can sit back and you can save all your life and it don't go anywhere. Okay, I like I like I like the way you're going with this. Except for this sounds really good now. When it comes to retire, what should they look for when you retire or even if you already have retired?
1: So if I'm getting ready to retire or or I'm in the midst of retirement, one of the the biggest concerns, there's a a, a group of uh, of baby boomers, right, born 46 to 64, who were polled and they're asked, what's your greatest concern in retirement? And the number one concern is running out of money, right? And so in this day and age, it's interesting because there's a lot of contracts out there there's a lot of annuity contracts and things that are issued by companies that will actually guarantee income for life, okay? Now, I'm not a proponent. I do not believe in perfect products. I don't think that anyone should put all of their money in any one place. I, I believe in diversification. I believe in balance. But if I can have at the core of my retirement plan something that guarantees my income for life, that's, that's valuable that if I know, hey, I can't outlive this money because – even if you, you you think you've saved enough for retirement, it's a daunting task to say, okay, I've got this chunk of money, but, but what do I do now, right? I don't want to spend so much that I'm alive and I've spent all my money and say, oh, goodness, I'm still alive, I have no money. But on the flip side, I don't want to be so afraid to spend money that I die with this big retirement account because I'm so afraid to, to enjoy the fruits of my labor. Now, I literally I have a, a million-dollar account I manage for for an elderly lady, and she was driving a car with a hole in the roof, so when it rained, it would she would get wet. And I was I would say to her, you know, what's what's wrong? with you buy a new car? She said, I don't have any money. I said, you know, we have over a million dollars. Go buy a car. But coming for she was a Depression era kid, right? So no, I she just was afraid to spend. And so it, it, it's it's again. So if, if I can put you in an account, or you can structure something that hey, I have income guaranteed for life, right? At least as the base, similar to like a pension plan or what Social Security provides. Then that's then that's nice, right? And so those are the things that I would look for. as if I was going into retirement, I would look for something with guarantees, right? Because the market's been crazy, especially the last you know twelve fifteen years. Twelve to fifteen years, I've been in the business. You know, we saw that we saw in the early two thousands. We saw the dot coms become dot gone, right? We saw that crash, right? We experienced like, the credit crisis in two thousand eight, an unprecedented you know decline in the market. We haven't seen anything that bad since the depression. Right, and then now here we are again. The market's trading at an all-time high right now. So, what are we? In, what are we? What What is this a recipe for? Is, are we going to see another correction here? Is it going to continue to bolster? Who knows, right? I don't have a crystal ball. If I knew exactly what was going to happen, I'd actually be in Las Vegas right now. If I knew that, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I know that's <laughs> but, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but what I what I can say is
0: let's balance it out and minimize the risk wherever we can. Exactly. How, now, how do financial advisors get paid? So
1: financial advisors can get paid a number of ways. Number one, there's some guys out there who are fee-based. They'll just say, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to build a financial plan for you, and I'm going to charge you X amount of dollars, right, and you pay that okay. fee. Whatever products or planning you do thereafter is completely up to you. They're simply being asked to be paid for their time in building you a plan. Some financial planners are a combination of both being fee-based and charging fees and commissions for the implementation of the plan. So not only will I tell you what you need to do when it comes time for you to buy the life insurance or buy that investment account or buy that annuity, I'll also get paid on that as well. And then there's guys who only get paid commissions on products they sell. Right. So if you buy an annuity or buy life insurance or buy a mutual fund, they they, they get paid a fee um, there and so and and those are are aren't always uh, a bad deal because a lot of times those fees are actually being paid by the by the institutions that that are are uh, issuing the contracts and products that you're buying. So again, I, number one, I just would make sure regardless of how the guy or, or, or gal that's representing you gets paid, make sure that you have a strong relationship with them, make sure that that they have your best interest at heart, and make right. sure that. that that you're getting what you really need. And that comes by asking questions. Ask questions, you know, do research, and and educate yourself, right? And so those are the things I'd say. So is one type of planner better than another? You know, it's difficult to say. I I would just say look for someone that you feel most comfortable with, and and that's, that's the best place
0: to start. Okay. So speaking to a new client, what do you want him or her to focus on?
1: I think for me, at least, three things make a good client to me. Number one, someone with discretionary income, right? Because unfortunately, if you don't have money to suspend, I can't, I can't help you, right? So someone with good, decent discretionary income is good. Number two, someone with assets. Maybe you don't have a lot of discretionary income, but like you'd mentioned, you're in the midst of retiring or you're already retired and you have a sum of money that I can help you with that, that also makes you a good client. And number three, it has nothing to do with discretionary income or money. It has It's the willingness to be helped and 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 desire to improve your life because you can have all the money in the world, and if you're stubborn and not open, I can't help you right and so those are the three exactly. elements for me that make a you know make a good client and so again you know uh if 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 someone wants to be helped I'll help them and 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 thats why but 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 i've I've been blessed enough to be in the business long enough. Where I don't need to chase anyone down or, or try and and and, right. and convince someone that I have value? The the value's there. It's just a matter of what what you want to do with
0: it. Right, right. And I think even if I haven't been in the business, I'm not gonna keep chasing you. Either you gonna do this, or we can go left field. Well, matter of fact, you mm-hmm. can go left field because I'm not. I don't, I don't blame yourself. I don't have time for all that. Now you gonna either right. be on this boat, or you could, you can <laughs> paddle along your own way. Right, right, <laughs> right. 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 The, 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 the train <laughs> is
1: taking off get on or, right or it by, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. right It's going now you know so many people get into all these other financial advisors try to do it on their own with e-trade and of course you see all the cute little baby commercials with that but you know you go about it the wrong way when you try to do it on your own it just doesn't work so what are the advantages of working with someone like you
1: yeah, I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where uh, I, I'm a firm believer of you kind of get what you pay for, right? And not right. that there aren't platforms out there for investors, more savvy investors to do things on their own. That's 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 pliable, you know, pliable for some people. I think for the masses. They require help and should seek out the advice of an advisor. Now think about it, right? I'm one of the most accomplished financial advisors in the country, right? I'm great at wow. what I do in my space. If my car's making noise and I pull off to the side of the road, I certainly reserve the right to pop the hood and, and tinker around myself and try and fix it. But I'm not a mechanic. So point being, just because you're intelligent, just because you're accomplished in some field, doesn't mean that you know everything. Doesn't mean that you should mess right. around with everything. So so, oh, so does that mean? So does that does that mean that because again I'm a I'm a well accomplished financial advisor that if I feel sick that I should go online and try and diagnose myself or or do surgery? No, <laughs> oh, right. no, I want to <laughs> seek out the best in that particular field, right, and then let them guide me. And that's the same thing with with finances. You know, again, what, what I say, you got to spend over a thousand hours to be an expert at something, right? And so, you know, look. Every day, since I've been 22 years old, I just turned 37 last weekend. So for 15 years, every day, six, seven days a week, eight to ten hours a day, this is what I do, right? So there's no book, there's no magazine, there's no app you're going to download on your phone that's going to make you more equipped to to handle financial planning needs and and, and decipher products than than I can provide to you, right? That I can Mm -hmm. create unequivocally. So reach out to people. Who have done what you want to do, and and you mentioned it early on in our conversation as well. I'm great because I have failed every way you can fail. I don't tell people things because it sounds good. I've lived it, I've seen it, I've done it, right? I've Take made money I've, bought money, I've lost money, I've 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 bought real estate, I've sold real estate. So it's like I've I've lived it, and so I'm not telling things to people because they sound good. I'm telling people things because hey, these are things that I did that went really well for me, and these are things that stunk, and I would tell you never do it right, right? And, 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 and then people can take it from there.
0: Exactly, and that's what brings me back to that part earlier. Most of them, you find these financial advisors, they're uh, relatable. They don't connect with you. They don't understand. They just know, okay, I can pull this business suit. I know about how to sell this Rolls-Royce to you, but I don't know nothing else. I don't know how to feel or even bond with you. So that's that's why I say it. that makes you so totally different. And and you know you're right. It would be less expensive hiring you than doing it yourself because once you do it yourself, that's it. You are made the boo-boo of your lifetime. So if you have to, you got to spend your money out to get a financial planner, do that. It's better because there's right. no going back right. once your money is
1: out there. Right. 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 And and that's I use this phrase a lot. Saving money is not the same as making money. Right, so sometimes people will be so concerned. Well, I don't want to spend money. I don't want to pay a fee. So tell you what, you can go to the bank, and you could put your money in a CD. I call CDs certificates of depreciation. Oh, <laughs> they pay a little interest, right? But I can do that, and it and it's free. I don't I don't have to pay a fee at all, right? But I'm gonna earn maybe one percent of my money, right? Less than that, depending on the term of the CD, or I can pay an investment advisor. Unless say I had to pay an investment advisor one percent, two percent even. Let's say my portfolio went up 8 nine, ten 9%, 10%, right? So would you pay someone 2% if you made 8%? Well, yeah, because then you're up 6% versus would you or, – or, again, in some instances, you pay nothing, right? You pay nothing, you know, in terms of fees at the bank. You go open a CD, but you also get nothing, in essence, in return. So you always have to look at the net cost. If I pay a dollar, what am I getting in return for paying this dollar? So some people wow. just are only focus on, I don't want to pay a dollar. Well, heck, if I pay a dollar and I get sick back, I'll pay that dollar every day of the week, right? And then that's, that's kind of the balancing act you have to do with working with an advisor. If I pay this fee, is there value? Am I getting a greater return? Or am I getting greater education? Am I getting great exposure to things than I would otherwise get if
0: I tried to do this myself? Exactly. Now that brings me to the next question. Who used to get the most for their money from this, dealing with all the different kinds that you have dealt with, probably a single mother, to someone who actually has money to put down on the table?
1: Um, It's interesting because all the products are actually kind of built the same, and it really doesn't matter. I would say that someone who has $10,000 invested, gets a a better or worse deal per se than someone who has a million dollars invested, I think that it just comes down to the return and and the impact of that return. I'll give you an example let's take a let's take a very good return let's say a very good return is ten percent it's a pretty good return right and let's say that you gave me one thousand dollars to invest for you and I got you ten percent return on your money. Ten percent return on one thousand dollars is one hundred dollars so even though the return was good, a hundred dollars isn't going to change your life right. On the flip side, let's say that you gave me $1 million, and I'm going to say I only earned 4%, a much lower return. 4% return on $1 million is $40,000. So even though it was a much lower return, because it was on a larger sum of money, that $40,000 is going to have a much greater impact in someone's life than $100, right? And that's the key. So it's not so much the return per se as much as how much can I save and actually get working for me, right? Because when you don't have a little money, when you only have a little bit of money, you end up taking more risk and thus in turn exposing yourself to more loss because because you can't even afford to get 8%, 10%. That doesn't even do the trick. You're trying to get – you're trying to double your money, right? And anywhere you can double your money, you could conceivably lose your money, right? And so yeah. that's the idea. Invest regularly over a long period of time, Have have – Reasonable expectations, and that's the key. You're not going to hit a home run overnight. Anyone tells you I can double your money overnight. I'd be leery of that run. Point, right so, run. So, so, so 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 again, you know, can you have those big hits? Can you have the twenty, thirty forty percent years? Sure, I've experienced them. I've given them to my clients, but I tell them all the time. This is this is the exception, not the rule, right? So for me, with working with my clients, I typically try to under promise and over deliver. If I think an investment can get seven, eight percent, I might say let's go for four or five, right? Because if I tell you I get you eight percent and I get you seven, you're gonna be mad. If I tell you I give you four percent and I give you seven, you'll be you'll be happy. So that's that's kind of my you know that's kind of my you know that's kind of that's my my strategy: under promise, over deliver,
0: have have reasonable long term expectations, and I think in the end you you'll be pleased. Well, hey, you can't get a better deal than that. Just honesty on the table, for So mm-hmm. how much do you, how much do you charge, and how is that compared to the industry? So I'm one of those planners that has
1: both a fee-based and a commission-based type structure. So depending on my client's need, I can kind of go accordingly. So, for example, if if you needed life insurance and your premium was going to be $500 a month, right, so $6,000 a year, I'm not going to charge you $3,000 to tell you you should buy a policy, right? That's somewhat counterproductive. I'm going to charge you half of the premium cost just to tell you you should buy a policy. Well, in that respect, if it's, an, if it's an insurance contract, an annuity contract, a mutual fund, I'm actually being paid from the, the 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 company that's issuing that contract, so I don't need to charge the client a fee on top of that, right? The fees and, and the expenses are actually built into the products. Versus if I'm managing money, larger sums of money, I'm generally gonna I'm generally gonna charge a percentage of what's being managed, and that's usually depending on the size of the account, anywhere from you know, 50 basis points to 1%, you know, depending on what um, depending on what I'm managing. And then uh, as far as, you know, just coming to the table to put things on the table and, and identify is there even a need, generally speaking, my first consultation is free of charge. So no one has to worry about, well, should I see him or can I talk to him because I don't have a lot of money or I don't want to spend all this money. It's like a lot of times you ever have maybe a plumbing problem and the plumber says, I'm going to charge $150 to come out. Well what if what if you can't fix the problem? Right? <laughs> what if you can't find it? I said to pay is hundred and fifty bucks, right? Well, i don't work that way. It, it, I'll sit down with you and tell you, hey, based on your situation and your need, this is what I can do or can't do, and that doesn't, you know, cost you anything nor does it obligate you to anything. Thereafter, if you see value in it, you want to move forward, then we'll do business.
0: Okay. Well I I like that. Um E selfie, if you can please tell us again where we can find information out about you and the Taylor mail.
1: So you can find us, uh, so you can call the office again that's area code 626 356 7637 again that's area code 626 356 7637 you can also reach us online find us online at uh, uh, taylor I-N-S F-I-N dot com again that's taylor T-A-Y-L-O-R I-N-S <S-F-I-N-S-F-I-N-S-F-I> F I N dot com. That's Taylor, I N S for insurance, F I N for financials dot com.
0: Well, Taylor, I really do appreciate you for taking the time. We will do this again, and you answered so many of my questions, as well as probably anyone out there who had these pondering questions on their mind. I really do hope for the best for you and your family. You continue on what you're doing.
1: Thank you very much. Appreciate you. Thank you for
0: having me. You are so welcome. All right, thank you. My, You're welcome. My good listeners and audience today, before I leave, the truth of the day for my friend Mary Ellen is, your relationships will gain a deeper level of trust, understanding, and integrity when you are true to yourself. Through understanding your own needs and desires, you will gain a perspective of what is right for any relationship. You must begin to articulate whether in verbal words or written words what your wishes are for that relationship. Make certain these desires are true for you, connecting you to your truth with courage. As you speak or write these wishes, sort out how you feel. Allow your knowledge to guide you today and out with all your relationships by first being true to yourself. Enjoy the day, everyone, and make sure you look in to get some Life insurance, get into some good investments with my guy, E. Selfie Taylor. Make sure you definitely check him out. Hey, it doesn't hurt to try. If you fail, then you fail. But first, you got to go out and see. So everybody, do that just for me and for the sake of yourself. Have a blessed day, everyone.
1: Thank you for tuning in to The Bright Side with
0: Tanisha. Come back daily from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. God bless.